Welcome to the Focus and Chill podcast, where we discuss productivity tactics that work for neurodiverse individuals. Every episode, we interview guests with lived experience of neurodiversity who also have a solid productivity and habit game, and pass the learnings on to you, our wise and benevolent audience. We're your hosts, Jeremy and Joey. I'm Joey, and I coach creatives to get moving on their most ambitious projects through the power of solid habits and strong focus. I'm also a perpetual student of psychology and perpetually on a quest to a one-armed chin-up. And I'm Jeremy. I'm a neurodiverse software developer turned startup founder, building habit and focus software for people with ADHD. My cool party trick is leaving parties early so I get to sleep on time to do my three hour long morning routine. The Focus and Chill podcast is brought to you by Focus Bear, a habit and productivity app that makes healthy habits and deep work the path of least resistance. If you have a tendency to check emails or scroll through Instagram first thing in the morning, but long to develop a meditation and exercise habit first thing, Focus Bear can help you. The app blocks distractions on all your devices and guides you through your habits one at a time. Throughout the day, Focus Bear assists you to stay in deep work by blocking websites and apps that are unrelated to your chosen focus mode. Life's not all about work though. You'll be prompted to take regular breaks to rest your eyes and stretch your muscles. At the end of the day, Focus Bear helps you switch off. Work-related apps get hidden so you can unwind and sleep well. Check out the app by going to focusbear.io. Welcome to episode number 27 of the Focus and Chill podcast. We're thrilled to be joined by Ben Tobin today. Ben is an ADHD and career coach who spent 20 years working in tech and now uses his experience of working with ADHD as both an employee and a leader to help others succeed in their own lives and careers. Welcome to the show, Ben. Thank you. Good to meet you. Likewise. To start off with, keen to hear about your experience with we're going to call it neurodiversity and you're going to tell us a, a bit more about some other ways of expressing that in terms of how can we express neurodiversity in a a more inclusive way and tell us about your own experience with that yeah uh so the the terms neurodiverse and neurotypical uh there's uh, you know a little bit of uh, political baggage uh, attached to those and kind of attached to uh, some of the, the the places where that was coined. And uh, sometimes what I see with terms like those is um, sometimes people can use them uh, in othering and basically distancing themselves from people who aren't like them or to group people together. Um, and you know, sometimes I think that can be uh, a little bit harmful. Um, it's just something that uh, I've uh, try to avoid when possible. Uh, so it, usually the way I talk about it is simply to refer to people as uh, being people with ADHD or sometimes people with brains like mine. And the the other way I, I often put that is for uh, instead of neurotypical, I'll just say uh, like everyone else. How about in terms of, I guess, neurodivergent might also include autism and dyslexia, dyscalculia, other terms like that or other diagnoses like that do you have an umbrella mm -hmm. term that might be kinder i i don't uh not exactly uh but i i might refer them similarly similarly to the way that that you did or uh, refer to people whose brains work a little differently or you know things like that or or if we're having a conversation about something more specific maybe i'll be more specific and talk about the the issues at hand rather than uh, labeling the people. Yeah, got it. Makes sense. 
have you seen it evolve both for yourself and as a society in terms of how people with brains who that are a bit different are treated and what it's been like in the workplace in particular it's it's certainly changing and it's hard to say you know it, there's kind of pressures in both in good and bad directions uh i mean one thing that i can absolutely credit to the neurodiversity movement is it did create a label around uh, which uh, companies often are starting to consider how they can be more inclusive or just a better place for people whose brains don't work the way most people's do. And uh, so you know there there are some some benefits to to that and I don't want to make anyone think that I think it's an entirely negative movement or term or 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 concept. Um, but you know, at the same time, um, yeah, I see conversations and people referring to each other as NTs or NDs, which I think you know that that can be harmful for, from both sides. It 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 creates a wall, and I've seen improvement. But I've as people are talking about it more, that necessarily means that some of those conversations are not helpful. Um, and as more people become aware of uh, these issues, these challenges, and uh, learn more about what it actually means to have a brain that works a little bit differently, you know, for some people, it's incredibly helpful because they realize, oh, there are people who who, who are like me, or uh, or no wonder I struggle with this thing that's that uh, everyone else seems to to be able to do well. Um, I think a lot of people are finding self-identity and, and realizing what's going on for themselves. And at the same time, others are realizing what that means for people who have these challenges and realize, oh, they don't just need to work harder or, um, you know, just pay attention or just pick, just read the room, you know, like all these, these phrases that people have had thrown at them through their lives, um, realize it's not that simple. Uh, And it doesn't, and it doesn't need to be, we can work around some of that stuff. As long as, as people are on the same page, uh, it it doesn't have to be a huge limiter or, or to freeze people out of, of situations. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And anytime someone says you just need to do blah, 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 I think that's when it's become an oversimplification and it's ignoring some of the challenges that might be there. How about in in terms of the perspective of brains that work differently, could you talk to the strengths as well that people whose brains work differently might bring to the workplace? Yeah. And one obvious one is just a different perspective. You know, uh, brains, brains that work differently are going to have a different way of looking at things. They're going to notice things differently in different orders, prioritize things differently. Um, they're going to have different ideas. Not everything is different, obviously, uh, but it, we're still more alike than we are different. But uh, you know, there it's it's going to bring uh, you know, fresh perspectives, and uh, and of course, you know, there are things that some individuals with uh, ADHD or autism or, or other sh- issues, uh, some of those people have some incredibly strong abilities and skills in certain areas, uh, whether that is 
closely tied to uh, the issues they face or not, um, sometimes they can be very surprising. Uh, sometimes the ability for an ADHD person to uh, go incredibly deep on something for, for a period of time, uh, uh, same with autism, it can uh, sometimes be surprising to, to people who, who don't experience uh, those issues. Not to say that they, that, that everyone uh, experiences um, ADHD or autism the same way, but um, you know, sometimes we have particular strengths that either are associated with our, our differences or, um, or sometimes we have strengths that we built up simply as a coping mechanism to deal with what uh, didn't come naturally to us. I, for example, people tell me that I uh, come across as extremely calm and 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 I'm good in a crisis and I'm good at keeping people from from freaking out and you know, it doesn't feel like that internally. I, the ADHD energy is still there, um, and uh, you know, there's that comparison to the the duck on a placid pond. Uh, you know, gliding smoothly with you know uh, frenetic activity under the surface. Uh, you know, these things. Yeah, you know, sometimes we uh, just as individuals find ways to cope even before we're we're ever diagnosed, uh, simply because we have to get by, and we get sometimes very good at something very narrow. And and speaking of uh, frenetic paces, then um, let's talk about work. What's uh what's uh, are you working on at the moment? Well, uh, so as a as a coach, um, I my kind of main thing is that I uh, work individually, one on one with people to help them identify goals and then figure out strategies to achieve those goals. And that can be goals in the sense of career goals. That's a lot a lot of the people I work with. But sometimes it's it's life goals. It's uh, you know wanting to do the things that we want to do. Uh, that that can really show up anywhere in life. And I'm also uh, in the early stages of putting together some uh, group coaching with a focus on ADHD uh, so that people can simultaneously get coaching and also build a community with other ADHD people who get them, uh, who trade ideas, and also keep each other accountable to the things uh, that they're working on. Love it. And in terms of life goals, what do you do apart from work? How do you wind down and switch off? Um, so I I like video games. Video games with a lot of exploration and open world are just like candy to me. I had to take a week off work when the new Breath of the Wild came out. They just had to. But I also do a lot of cycling. I'm a long distance cyclist. In fact, I discovered my calling to become a coach when I went on a 21-day bicycle ride with my dad down the West Coast. Oh, that's so cool. So you were bike touring with a tent and going out and just exploring nature. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, uh, it was amazing. Yeah, I've done a bit of that as well and found it really fulfilling. You get to see the world in a way that you wouldn't normally if you're flying or if you're on a train or driving. Yeah, completely different. We we completely we stayed every night in state parks and um, with designated areas for for non motorized people, and which is, means that we got all of the best, very best camping sites. Hmm. Wonderful. So Ben, we um, talked about your winding down. Can we talk about the other side of the day? What, what does your morning routine look like, and how's that evolved over time? Yeah. 
Well, um, one of the first things I do in the morning is I uh, warm up the espresso machine. Uh, I've always been a a, a caffeine hound um, uh, since well before I was diagnosed, and I, I do love good coffee. And uh, you know, from there, I uh, I take some time um, to take a look at what I'm planning to do for the day. Uh, I use uh, bullet journaling, which is, has been really helpful to me. And I think the most helpful part is not the bullet journal itself, but the practice of twice daily uh, reflection to to maintain it. And so that's uh, a good time for me to prompt myself to look at what uh, what's in store for the day. Love it. And throughout the day, how do you keep your productivity high? You've, you've got your plan in your bullet journal. How do you stick to that plan? Well, I, uh, I am a bit of a slave to my schedule. Um, uh, I have to be because uh, I have so many appointments during the day to, to work, to, to meet with clients. So I, I can't be late. I'm proud to say that I've only been substantially late to one appointment. That's impressive. Um, I was there. Yeah, I was there. I just lost track of time. They were, I didn't hear the ding when they joined and I was right there. It was embarrassing. But, I do that uh, all the time to get to put my <laughs> headphones in and someone's talking to me. But uh, you know, beyond that, you know, I I balance that with a lot of flexibility. Um, I just recognize that sometimes the thing that I plan to work on is not in the cards at that moment. And but I try to be really intentional with that decision. I try to make it a decision, not just a bad habit. So uh, I have a choice of moving it or doing it. There's no third option. There's no blow it off and and lose it entirely. You know, none of this works perfectly. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, the, the, the second daily um, bullet journal uh, reflection time is an opportunity for me to kind of sweep up and say, okay, well, what, what maybe fell through the cracks, but uh, I found that, you know, keeping a balance and allowing myself some leeway keeps me from burning out so that I can be intentional about actually doing what I do need to do. Love it. Now often breaks are one of the key components to optimizing productivity. So we're going to take a quick break. Hello there, this is Joey. I'm excited to tell you about a project I run where I help imaginative people just like you breathe life into their creative dreams, like writing that book or performing that stand-up comedy set. I know the first step can be daunting. I've been there many times and have helped many people on a similar journey. If you've wondered how to bring those ideas swimming around in your head to life, get in touch. We'll shrink the intimidating dragon off a goal into a cute little lizard of an achievable daily habit that you can do every day to get started and stay moving. Click on the link in the show description to get in touch. Okay, we're back. And for people who'd be keen to connect with you, Ben, where's the best place to find you online? Uh, that'd be my website, uh, bentobin.com. Do you have any final words or final asks for the audience? Well, you know, uh, one thing kind of building on the uh, the productivity thing and the planning and the scheduling that uh, that I, I didn't really touch on is um, not just giving myself flexibility and uh, in the moment, but also planning it. Um, and uh, for example, I, I, you know, I never 
almost never book uh, two appointments right back to back. It's just impractical. I, I need transition time. I think it's okay to plan ahead and say, I need this time to uh, either recover for, from something or switch gears or um, even after vacation, I'll book some time and say, uh, and devote that to getting back on the wagon with the various habits that f- that fell off when I was on vacation, because I know it's going to happen. And that's just one small part of a larger theme of kind of self-understanding and, and compassion and uh, you know, recognizing that we're not going to be perfect. So building that into our lives so that we can let that imperfection not run away with itself and and because and cause bigger problems than it needs to thanks ben and we'll wrap the show with that thanks for tuning into this episode of the focus and chill podcast to listen to other episodes jump onto podcast.focusbear.io if you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who'd be a good fit email us at team at focusbear.io otherwise stay focused stay chilled and peace out